Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. So 36 years is a long time to live in one place. This is how long I've lived in my house, which I'm hoping to sell this year. It's both a blessing and a curse. The blessings abound. We discovered Unitarian Universalist after moving to this house. I still have wonderful neighbors on both sides and new neighbors across the street. I can be at the pond at the end of my street with my kayak in minutes. But being in one place that long has given my family a long time to collect things that now I am letting go of. Books, lots of books, tools, my mother and father's wedding crystal, the handmade nativity scenes, one from each side of the family. At least the VHS tapes are digital now, and the four-drawer file cabinet of paper is gone. You get the idea, and I'm sure that at least some of you have your own version of these collections. About a decade ago, I became interested in the spirituality of decluttering. The first year I did a spiritual passion here on the spirituality of decluttering, being an optimistic person, I set up the room for about 10 people. 60 people showed up. I had hit a nerve. Over the years as I donated, sold, and discarded, mostly donated, thousands of items, I've learned a lot. In case some of what I've learned is useful, I'm going to pass along a few practical ideas and the spiritual benefits. Forgive yourself for your mistakes. Let go of those health and beauty products, cleaning products, or anything else that you don't want to get rid of because you spent good money on it. But that you're never going to use because they smell bad, irritate your skin, taste bad, or don't work as expected. Instead of beating yourself up every time you see these unintended mistakes in your bathroom or under the sink or wherever you keep them, absolve yourself, forgive yourself, and let go of them. Maybe they could become a blessing to someone else. Be kinder to yourself in the future, and don't let these small mistakes even find their way into the cabinet. Hold on to items that bring you good memories and let go of anything that doesn't. Surround yourself with beauty, inspiration, and reminders of good times and good people. It's time for those wedding gifts, birthday presents, maybe even Christmas presents, or other items that you have felt obligated to keep but that make you cringe every time you see them, it's time for those to move on to a new home where they may actually bring enjoyment to someone else. 
There are so many wonderful places that accept donations. So you can donate things and in the process benefit many good causes. Decluttering is a way to practice generosity. The unused items in your home may be a real blessing to someone else, more than you may ever imagine. Times are difficult for many people. I know I find it easier to let go of things when they're going to help someone and not just end up in a landfill. I use FreeCycle a lot to let go of things, and I've met some lovely people in the process. I posted a box of those mistakes, partially used cleaning supplies, that were mistakes for me, but not for someone else. They were snapped up the same day. When you lose someone you love, it can be hard to also let go of the possessions that were important to them. I had a very hard time with my late husband's woodworking tools. Circular saw, table saw, the list goes on. Everyone I knew had any tools that they wanted. Then a piece of mail came in his name reminding me that he always made donations to Habitat for Humanity. I found out that they had a restore nearby where they sell such items. Some of the tools went to teams working on Habitat for Humanity houses, and others were sold to benefit the cause. So I felt able to honor him by giving these tools a good home and by making a donation to a cause that I knew was very important to him. If you have similar items taking up space and taking up your energy, see if you can find a way to honor the person you loved in the process of letting go. We have a practice at the Brigham where I work of offering tea for the soul. And we use china teacups, usually fruit, cookies. I like the combination of raspberries and chocolate myself. And we often do this after very difficult events at the hospital as a way to offer support to the staff. A nurse approached me one day and asked me if she could donate her late mother's bone china cup collection. She wanted one or two, but not the whole collection. And when she saw the tea cart, she felt she would really be honoring her mother by donating them. They now bring a little bit of peace and comfort to the staff instead of sitting in a box in her cellar. Sometimes people are afraid if they let go of the item, they'll forget the good memories. But they also really don't want whatever the item might be. Taking a photograph is a great solution. Or like the nurse with the teacups, keeping one or two and sending the rest on their way works too. I haven't missed or regretted anything that I have let go of. And now I have more room to see and enjoy the special things I have kept. But perhaps more importantly, let's talk about emotional clutter. In addition to letting go of the stuff in our lives, we can let go of old beliefs, old stories, 
old self-concepts that are cluttering up our hearts and minds. As we read together, it matters what we believe, and I think it matters what we believe about ourselves. Reverend Wayne Mueller says, the greatest barrier to our own healing is not the pain, sorrow, or violence inflicted upon us. Our greatest hindrance is our ongoing capacity to judge, to criticize, and to bring more harm to ourselves. And if we harden our hearts against ourselves and meet our most tender feelings with anger and more condemnation, we simultaneously armor our hearts against the possibility of gentleness, love, and healing. But we don't have to believe these old voices. We don't have to keep repeating their critical or limited, limiting messages to ourselves. We can unlock the compassionate, caring voice that most of us don't seem to believe as much as the harsher voices that we've internalized. We don't have to believe all of our own thoughts. Just because you've had a thought about yourself over and over in life, it doesn't mean it's true. I think that's worth repeating. Just because you have had a thought about yourself over and over in life, it doesn't mean it's true. Is there a false or maybe just outdated belief about yourself that you might liberate yourself from this year? How might we start to liberate ourselves? In internal family systems, which is a way of understanding all the parts of ourselves, all of these different voices, Richard Schwartz suggests that when the critical voices arise, that we thank them. We thank them for the work they've done to protect us, the work they've done to keep us safe. But we also let them know that they can rest and go on vacation now. The old voices don't have to be so diligent. We have all gained skills and abilities that we didn't have earlier in life. And those old voices haven't often kept up with our prog progress. Try this sometime when the critical voices arise. Let that part of you know it can rest now and go on a vacation, maybe a very long around the world vacation. This takes some practice, but it works. In Radical Acceptance, Buddhist teacher Tara Brock suggests that the biggest tragedy in our lives is that freedom is possible, yet we can pass our years trapped in the same old patterns. And that when we get lost in our stories, we lose touch with our actual experiences. Leaning into the future or rehashing the past, we lose the living experience of the present moment. Rather than hide, our challenge is to speak what is true, to share the contents of our hearts, to describe for others the emotional geography of our deepest concerns. 
By locking away our fears, our other uncomfortable feelings, we keep them alive and strong. By attending to them, by speaking them aloud in the company of others, we allow them to recede, to take up less space in our bodies and in our souls. And when our old stories, our old fears take up less space, we create room for giving expression to our unique gifts. In addition to our own healing, our hurting world needs our voices, our hands and hearts and minds and gifts. Here's an example from my own life where the old voices could have easily stopped me from sharing my concerns and using my voice. A few years ago, I was about to send an email to the president of Brigham and Women's Hospital. So there was a surge of anxiety before I hit send. Was I doing the right thing? What would the response be? How would other people in the organization feel about me going right to the president? Had we built a strong enough case? Those were the reasonable questions. Then the old voices, voices internalized as the granddaughter of Greek immigrants who grew vegetables and sold them on a horse-drawn cart when they first arrived in this country. Immigrants who lived in fear of authority figures and thought it was safer to be invisible. Those voices said, don't call attention to yourself. Be careful. Who do you think you are? You're going to email a president of a hospital? And you're going to ask for money? Are you crazy? I felt the momentary old sense of fear and did it anyways. I reminded the truer part of myself that I knew what I was doing. I thanked the old voice, which I had come to call the Herald, that it was time for a rest, maybe a one-way trip to the Greek islands. I had found my voice in a new way and in a new setting as a small voice for all the victims we serve at our hospital, especially those from our urban neighborhoods. Other victims had media support, special funds and national attention, and plenty of advocates, and we were glad they did. Our local victims weren't quite so popular. We had spoken a truth that many other colleagues in our hospital shared, but that had remained unspoken during all of the first anniversary of the marathon bombing events. The truth was that not all of Boston was Boston strong, and that all year we had served victims of violence, and that they deserved the same support too. Later, after the Brigham approved our request and became a peace champion and sponsor for the Mother's Day Walk for Peace, to support the Lewis Brown Peace Institute, a group that Arlington Street Church has supported for many, many years. We learned about how others heard about our email and felt supported in their own efforts, and about other ripples of influence. A victim of local violence who worked at the hospital felt less alone just knowing that the chaplains who wrote the email 
work there. One small email. Dorothy Day said, people say, what is the sense of our small efforts? They cannot see that we must lay one brick at a time, take one step at a time. A pebble cast into a pond causes ripples that spread in all directions. Each one of our thoughts, words, and deeds is like that. She goes on to say, no one has the right to sit down and feel hopeless. There's too much work to do. Our world is bruised and hurting. What old story or old emotional baggage will you let go of this year? And then, what will you bring the energy that is freed up to? What will you bring your passions, your gifts, your talents to? And like my email, nothing is too small. I'm sure there are some voices now saying, I can't do that, I can't do those things. Nothing is too small. And in the words of Margaret Mead, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.